today's episode, we speak with Curtis May. He is the principal of Practical Wealth Advisors. He helps families and business owners learn to plan wisely for the future and to achieve financial independence. Much of Curtis's time is devoted to hosting financial workshops where he lectures on financial literacy, cash flow management, managing home equity, and how to create a private family capital reserve system that lets families operate their personal economies like banks and financial companies operate theirs. He also teaches small business owners the seven steps to more sales system, how to increase revenue from existing business assets with an effective marketing system. We are pleased today to be joined by Curtis May as he shares a wealth of knowledge. All right, we are back for another great episode of Black Equity Podcast, and I'm really excited about this uh, opportunity to talk about Black economics, really economics in general, and uh, really uh, understand a different viewpoint. I'm always opening to seeing, well, is there a different way to look at this? Is there a different way for us to examine Black equity? Uh, joining me on today's episode is Curtis May. Welcome to Black Equity Podcast. How are you doing today? TJ, thank you. Thanks for having me. I am doing fantastic. Awesome to hear. For for those who do not know who you are, just tell us a little bit about yourself, your company. So my name is uh, Curtis May, and I'm the host of the uh, Practical Wealth Show podcast, and I'm the, uh, I guess, the founder and chief strategist with Practical Wealth uh, Advisors. and um, I teach people how money works. <laughs> okay. And, um, you know, and I teach uh, principles that help our clients become and remain financially free. And mm. so I've, I've, uh, you know, been doing that since college and I, you know, I got my business. I started business in college when I realized the NBA was not looking for five eleven shooting guards. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we're going to have to talk about that. Right. I've been yeah, here. We still might have a chance, man. We still might have a chance. Yeah. With a mediocre handle. No. You know, if I was six four, you know, coming off the screen, boom. But you know, right. five eleven, that's your guards are dime a dozen. <laughs> so I hear you. <laughs> uh what what inspired you to first get into this? I mean, college is kind of early on to, to mm-hmm. kind of be tapped into how money works. So how did you well, I've always world. liked money, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so long story short, I'm I'm a third generation business owner. So okay. my family, um, I never got that. Go to school, get your education, get a good job. Talk, okay? That just mm-hmm. that wasn't a thing. So my grandfather was self employed. My family owned the supermarket. You know, I'm from Philly, so in North Philly, and so I've always been in uh business you know and so i've always i've heard from time i was seven you'll never make any money work for somebody else so you know my family's always employed people i've always been on that side you know of the ledger where we've hired Mm -hmm. people i remember one time my godfather passed away and i was at the funeral and his his brother who was like a rear retired rear admiral in the navy the first thing he said to me was I used to work for your father, you know, because he used to, we had little mm. corner stores. And so all these kids like 13, 14, 15, you know, he hired them. And uh, so that was, you know, my thing. So when I, when I was in school, I, I, once I realized that, okay, I, I'm not going to be in the NBA, <laughs> barely on the bench at this division two school. 
all right, I need a new thing. So I, I always had little hustles always since I was like not selling seeds in the back of comic book, you know, and so you're always, you know, even when I interview people, you, you look for what I call the, the threads of success. You know, if you talk to entrepreneurs, they started doing stuff early, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And uh, so I, you know, somebody showed me a check for $400 and said, this is what I made for hours worth of work. I said, doing what? And he showed me, I was like, that's all you do. And um, I, being the nerd uh, that I am, you know, I, he showed me some stuff and I was really curious. I mean, I was working on a paper. I was in the basement of the library at Winston-Salem State and I was in North Carolina and uh, I stumbled on some books on finance. I remember getting lost in that for like an hour, just off, mm. totally off topic. What I was supposed to be down there working on. And, you know, I'm the type that once I get into something, I dig all the way through the mountain, you know, and I just really started mm. to, to be interested in that. And uh, that you could make money helping people and teaching people. Now I realize this is another story that what I was teaching was not it was less than perfect. It was more mm-hmm. of the, uh, the, the company was more of, I was kind of like a Dave Ramsey on steroids, the first 10, 12 years of my career. And I, I read Rich Dad Poor Dad and I read, you know, what he's talking about and what we're doing and what rich people do are different. And that kind of led me to what I teach now, but I was okay. always interested in, in, you know, entrepreneurship, making money and you know, somebody said, if you want to make money, you might as well work with money. Because if you work with money as an industry, some of yeah. it's bound to spill on you. <laughs> right? yes. so, you know, so that's the thing. You got to be in a situation where you're, you know, you can bring value to the marketplace and a reward for that value is money. Well, you mentioned, you know, you uh, Dave Ramsey on steroids for that 10, 14 years. And then what you're doing now, there's a, I guess, a slight transition. What what would you say is the major difference uh, between then and now? Well, one of the things that we talk to people about is that you you got to decide what you want to be when you grow up. So you don't want to be rich. Do you want to be poor? Do you want to be middle class? Mm. And so it's nothing wrong with that. So what happens is that that is advice for the masses, for middle America, for people that are spendthrifts, that are in debt that are because the, that advice kind of teaches you to send your money away from you getting out of debt you know paying all paying cash for everything that shows a really now that's easy because you got to think a little bit more to work with Curtis okay because that's not understanding monetary policy it's not understanding economics it's not understanding things like opportunity costs and so what, when I say I'm a financial educator, I try to teach people how money works so they can separate facts from somebody's sales pitch. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is when you look at, uh, there's two schools of thought taught, and this is the distinction I started to understand. So there's two schools of thought taught in finance. There's what is called uh, in personal finance or what in our process, we nicknamed the accumulation theory. Okay. And so if you're hearing the accumulation theory, you're hearing stuff like buy and hold, dollar cost average, get out of debt, rule of 72, buy term investor difference, get a diversified portfolio of mutual funds. You're in it for the long haul. Okay. Mm-hmm. All of that is the accumulation theory. Okay. But okay. that's not what institutions do. So I teach people how to do what they do instead of doing what the banks and the finance companies tell you to do, because they're what they're doing is literally completely 
it's not like slightly different. It's 180 degrees. And Ain't so that something? It, yeah, it's so, I mean, you know, that's what <laughs> that's one I'm thing. pissed. And they do and another, do right? Yeah. And see, so what happens is so now if you if you look at that, we call the other side of that is the uh velocity method. Okay? okay. So now you hear this, but you have to be aware of it. So the velocity of money is an economic principle. All right. And so it means the multiple uses of money over time. Okay. And so the return of your money is more important than rates. So if you'll, if, 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 if your listeners are, for example, are real estate investors, they'll hear things like the Burr method, right? Get it, mm-hmm. you know, buy, you know, find a property you can bring value to, you get it below price that you fix it. If the price goes up, you refinance and get your cash out and go buy another. That's velocity. You see what I mean? Okay. Now, you're not buying yeah. and holding. You're not hoping the market goes up. The uh, velocity, if you ever watch Shark Tank, Mr. Warrenful, when he puts money in a deal, he wants to go, well, he wants to know, how soon am I getting my money back? And he'll right? throw that royalty on there, too. Right. So, yeah, so he wants his <laughs> money back, right? Because, see, if you get your money back, what's your risk in the deal? Zero. Exactly. Right? And so now, but he's still got equity and he's still getting cash flow. See, the second mm-hmm. thing they want is cash flow. Okay, they want leverage. They're not trying to get out of debt. If a corporation had a hundred thousand or a million dollars in debt and they had a million dollars of cash, to them, that is a balance sheet neutral decision. Mm-hmm. Because could could you make because if you pay the debt off, you're broke now. So you're like, oh, I want to get out of debt. Well, okay, now you're out of debt, but you don't have any money. Right. So you have to think bigger you can't just seize on one thing there's good debt and bad debt all right and so because if i can go if i got a uh, let's say i had a hundred thousand dollars i could take i could pay cash for a house or you could take twenty five thousand dollars and buy four houses with Mm -hmm. leverage using good debt and the tenant pays the money back so you have to start looking so that's how corporations think they they don't buy term insurance. They buy permanent insurance. So we teach a strategy called Become Your Own Banker, where we show people how to use, uh, um, this is another strategy, but uh, uh, permanent life insurance, whole life as a financing system to mimic the the uh, business model of banks, how you can do it in your personal economy. So we talk about succeeding from the system. See, first of all, we don't you don't need a different system. Our system is great. You just don't know how to do it, okay? And mm. so, you know, economics, let's talk about economics for a second. So economic, the root word of economics is, I always say it wrong, but it's ekonomos, the mm. Greek, which means household manager, okay? So you've got scarce. So all of you have a personal economy. So you can't control the economy at large, but you can control your production and consumption as a family. Okay, and so that's what you control. The main one of the main messages to my listeners, because my listeners like your listeners, is stop looking for other people to solve your damn problems. You need to understand the game. It's hard to win the game. You don't know the rules, and so we either playing trying to beat somebody at chess, and we don't know how to play chess, mm-hmm. or are we trying to beat somebody at chess and we playing by the rules of checkers, which is even worse. Right. Okay, right. and so. That's it. So what happens is you got to choose. So the accumulation theory is designed to give your money to the financial institutions. So it teaches you to buy and hold while they're creating velocity, doing micro trading by the minute. So if you look at like the, the, the um, Robinhood thing with um, GameStop, 
mm-hmm. back, you know, a few last this, this summer. Well, now you find out who was the product. So you get this free app. The free app was so that the 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 hedge funds could front run you. They know what you're going to buy and they can buy it before you buy it. And they get in that little micro spread because they're trading milliseconds with high frequency computers, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're the product, okay? And yeah. so now you kind of find that out who was who because then all you messing with their money, you get shut down. Oh no, Janet Yellen, you know, all these people are now, oh, you can't do that. And uh, because you started to get hip to the games. So, so you got, we have to understand uh, how the game of capitalism works. That's the scissors, that system that we're in. So you can't be hating on that because money goes where it's respected. And if you have disdain for it, it ain't going to come to you. Mm. You know, you mentioned uh, the, the game of <laughs> now capitalism. Now you get me hyped. All right, I'm getting hyped now. No, right, I love so. it. I love this. This is awesome. I've been waiting to have this conversation. I'm glad we uh, have connected. What is this game of capitalism or, or even you know understanding how money works what should we know that maybe we don't know right now as a traditional oh way God. of thinking so capitalism so what most people think cap capitalism is is i use there's a, a economist who won the nobel peace prize f.a high he says capitalism well one capitalism has a bad name because it was it, it gets a bad name because it was named by its enemies Karl marx Okay, it's not about capital. Capitalism is an ever-expanding system of cooperation among strangers. Okay, mm, and so, like all right. So, so now, what's wrong with that? Because capitalism is you and I, I out here in small business hustling. It's not Conagra or you know people see big business in bed with government. That's not capital. That's corporatism. Okay, most of y'all ain't never seen capitalism in your lifetime. Okay, because it's so. There's so much government intervention and all that kind of stuff. And so you have to, you know, take more control of your life. Now, here's the other thing people don't know. Money, people say, well, we need more money. We need more jobs. We need to raise minimum wage, all that BS. So so you can't, that don't work. Okay. See, we don't understand economics. So you fall for the populist view that don't work. That's really not in your interest. All right. And see, so you have to, one, understand that money I need more money. Money's a result. Okay. So if you need more money, your income is in direct proportion to the value that you bring to the marketplace. Okay. And so mm-hmm. if you ever read Think and Grow Rich or Think and Grow Rich a Black Choice by uh, Dennis Kimbrough, you're you have to, how do you make more money? You have to serve more people. You have to create value in the marketplace. You've got to use your in in a, a rich dad poor dad. I'm not rich that poor dad in the richest man in bat. No, these are all my favorite books. They can grow rich. All right. Right. It's not about investing. It's about your focus, your goals, organized planning, specialized knowledge. Okay. Mm-hmm. See, it's that knowledge. What can you, what value create? What problems can you solve? How can you serve more people more efficiently? And so you need to look for problems in the, the marketplace rewards you for solving problems, okay? So if you want to make more money, you got to ask yourself, is it possible for you to become more valuable to the marketplace? Hmm. And most people say, I asked that, they say, yes. I say, how? I go back to school. That's one way. It ain't my favorite way, okay? Right. But what's your number one investment? 
you. Okay, you have to invest in your mindset, what you watch, who you hang around, what you listen to, what you read, listen to podcasts like this, right? You've got to control uh, your mindset, your skill set. What do you know how to do? What could you get better? You know, every I, re, I, I follow this book as like my personal operating system. It's called the 12 week year. And how, the book is like how to get more done in 12 weeks than most people get done in 12 months. So I operate my business in 90 day cycles. But one of the things as a basketball player, I call it working on my game. What can I get better at? So going in October, it's like, all right, is there any certifications I want? Is there I'm about to hire a, a, a coach to help me that I met on Clubhouse I had on the show recently? that, you know, some things I want to add with courses, that kind of stuff. Cause she talked to me, said, why do you have all this stuff in your head? You need to hell, I think I can help you. <laughs> so right. Like, all right. How much? And it's like, all right. So I look at it as it had a comma in it. Okay. What it was going to take for her to help me. But if I'm the number one asset, then I'm willing to invest in that because if I can give her four grand, but she can give me show me how to make a hundred grand out of my business. Well, I can't do that with a mutual fund. I can't do, you know what I mean? So you've got to Mm -hmm. invest and then you got to invest in your network, mindset, skill set, network. That's what moves. Who who do you know? And more importantly, who knows you, who knows that you have these skills that can solve their problem. So you've got to make noise. You've got to market. You've got to let people know that you're out there. You can help. That's what makes money. See, you know, we're looking for, things outside of us let's change this let's go march let's you know you know i'm not with that you know my my uh my dad's favorite song was i told you i was a bit contrarian right the uh my dad's favorite (laughs) song was um that james brown song i don't want nobody to give me nothing 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 no i'll say it properly nothing (laughs) and uh open up the door or dough i get it myself and that was his mantra. So that's kind of what he passed down to me. Just you need to get in the game and, you know, you have a right to be there and you need to go get it. Okay. And don't mm. wait for permission. You, you already have the right to yeah. be in the game. You need to go get it. We teach our kids that. It's like, listen, even if there's perceived, you know, I, I, slights when they were in high school, they're both in college now, my oldest two. Um, there was always awards that I thought she should have won that she didn't win and just little slights. But I was like, you know what? I'm not going to call it. I don't get into all that, all that this such, such is racist. I said, listen, I tell them this. This is what we don't tell kids, that my generation's parents before that don't tell people. You need to be better. I said, so look, don't if it's a tie, you're going to lose. So mm-hmm. don't make it a tie. You got to work harder. You got to be better. I don't care if that's right or wrong. It is. And that's the only thing I can control is that, Okay. And I say, you can run your race, okay? And don't compete, but don't compare, but just because you can control you getting better. You, I got her reading. She's like, oh, dad, you know, I got, I got my class. I listen, I'm trying to teach you stuff that makes money. Okay, she's a dude. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, all right. So I had her reading um, Donald Miller's book, Business Made Simple. I have her reading Cashflow Quadrants. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chris Foss, uh, Never Split the Difference. So now if you're 20 and you learn how the world works, how business works, how to create value, how to negotiate Uh and how to sell and marketing, that's the stuff I'm trying to get to understand. I don't care what business you want to go into, but you know, you're in the marketing business, right? You need to know everybody needs somebody to come buy their stuff. And so if you can be on that side of the game, you'll always make money. 
you'll always have security is the ability to produce. It's not in a job. That, so that was one of the things that, you know, my dad is so, and this is what I talk to our clients about. So this is just, I try to get their thinking right. So you see, if you don't want to think, if you just want to work and max out your 401k and pay, try to, don't call me. I tell them, right. look, because I, I don't, I, the people that work with me want control of their money. So small business owners, real estate investors, people that are like working, but they're trying to exit the nine to five. I can help you because I think that's my world. Right. And there's you. And so money and planning, financial planning works differently for those people. Okay. And so most of the advice you think you're following will hurt you. Honestly, it's, it's really toxic to your not it's because it's designed for employees. It's designed for the masses. But if you're trying to become financially free, we define as passive income greater than your expenses, then you can't get that with Dave. <laughs> no, Dave. I agree. You know, with all due respect, but they do great work for what they're doing. But if you want, if you're on a different path, then you have to do different stuff. Success leaves clues. So I, you know, yeah. I teach people that, you know, you read biographies, read, you know, Buffett, look at these people that were, you know, Grant Cardone and, 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 uh, but people that you watch, I try to interview, you know, as you do people on my show that are winning and I try to get the journey, you know, I was here, I did this and they, da, 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 you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, because I want to show people that, listen, there's people look just like you that are winning. Okay. So if, if one can do it, another can do it. There's no that magic does, secret formula. It's work. That does <laughs> so. that does seem to be the myth. You know, there's you know these headlines going around in the last twelve months that uh, black wealth will be at zero within the next twenty years or something like that. Um, you know, uh, around racial equity. You know, what's going on with the, the wealth gap? And I guess if you look at the the headlines and the narrative, you may get sucked into think, well, it's hopeless. You know, right. how are we ever right. going to be able to accomplish things? Yes, but that's you're saying complete hey. BS. That's BS. Yeah. The wealth, let's see. So I have a video on my YouTube channel. So I might step with some toes. I'm sorry. But you people talk about the wealth gap, the black wealth gap. Okay. Yeah. So now when you look at that, is that a thing? Yes. But there's a, so, but if you break it down, there's a behavior gap. See, nobody talks about that. Mm. Watch. Well, oh, we didn't step on something now. All right. Okay. Tell me more. So you wake up, so the behavior, because people, you know, there's rules to the acquisition of of finance. There ain't nothing I do when I wake up in the morning, Curtis can't do because he's black. So don't ever tell me that because I'm about to punch you in your mouth. All right. Mm -hmm. Because that's, uh, you know, I wouldn't tell my kids that because so people that make money telling you can't because of this and all this gloom and doom stuff, you, you can't, what that's, how does that help? Because you have, what is the solution to that? There's nothing you can't do. You just don't know how, all right? And so what happens is, so when you look at it, there's work, there's specialized knowledge, there's stuff you have to do um, uh, that if you follow people around with no money, I can tell you why you don't have any money because you ain't doing anything, okay? You're not working. You're not, you don't save money. You don't, you know, you've got bad habits. You're you're like T.O. having 20 kids. And uh, you, your, your child support's taking all your damn money. You know, my wife's an attorney. So I see dumb stuff like that on a smaller level. Uh-huh. And so it's your habits. You know, Jim Rohn says most people don't have a money problem. They have a philosophy problem, right? So when I do, I'll do youth workshops. I say, listen, 
your you have a philosophy philosophy is how you think right Mm -hmm. if you have a bad philosophy you're going to have a bad attitude okay if you have a bad attitude you're going to have bad you know you're going to your thinking's bad and so you're going to make bad decisions and then you're going to have bad results right right and so i and that's with money that's relationships that's diet it doesn't matter right so if you make and so if you, this is why you got to work on your mindset your skill set and your network because it's the daily decisions that you make that in the moment don't seem like they're that important but if you keep making a bunch of bad little decisions, you're going to see the trajectory of your life is going to be downward. So what happens is a lot of times because we don't have the information, we're making bad decisions, you know, or we have a bad philosophy and, you know, we don't care about human life because if you're growing up like I'm, and so y'all hear me, I'm from North Philly. Okay. And so <laughs> I don't tell I did this talk. I was doing this talk to this, this homeless shelter. They'll do some volunteer work. So I did a six week thing with them. And, um, what did I say? I said, now I didn't start out with this, but I say, listen, wherever you are or aren't. So I told her I was from some of them were their neighborhoods. Some of them knew actually my parents store. I was from a family at a bar up the street. So I was, you know, I might talk a little proper because I, you know, but uh, <laughs> they, uh, but they knew I was, you know, and I played ball in the hood. So, you know, get the best games in the suburbs. Right. So I could navigate that. I told my kids, you gotta be bilingual. You gotta be able to go in and out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, so I said, but I said, uh, so I drew the rich dad, poor dad, you know, income, expense, asset, liabilities thing on a board. And I said, and I said, look, you're the CEO of your life. So wherever you are or aren't in life right now, it's your fault. Right. It's your fault. It ain't the government's job to take care of you. It ain't your girlfriend's job to take care of you. your mom's job to take you're grown. Okay. And so now if you can't accept that, you can't win. Because if you're pointing at somebody, there's three fingers pointing back at you. So what happens is you've got to want to take responsibility for your life. It starts with that. And that's, nobody wants to hear that. Right. Okay. You be, but that's, you become that's what it. you take responsibility over. You got to take responsibility. If I lose, it's my fault. And I don't blame whoever. I got to get better. You know, Jim Rohn used to say, I'm just a big fan of Jim Rohn. Look, just, you want to start your day out, right? Do a Jim Rohn a day in the morning. It's going YouTube. Definitely. He says, Definitely. Um, don't wish it was easier. Wish you were better. Yeah. And he says, the winds of misfortune blow on us all. Black, white, Asian, whatever. Okay. But the difference is how you set your sail. Right. And so, what I pray and what I learn, try to learn how to do is when I wake up every day or every quarter, right? How can Curtis set a better sale? So whatever, we're, you know, Biden's raised taxes, you know, we're going to have hyperinflation. Okay. How does, how, see, this is when he goes back to looking at economics. All right. Mm-hmm. You got to understand, you got to, you got to understand economics is major. So you got to understand and think from a macro economics. You got to see the big picture and understand what that means for your family. And now how do I set a sale? How do I protect myself from hyperinflation? How do I protect myself from, you know, uh, uh, excessive taxation? Okay, you don't have to cheat. Our tax. See, here's the problem with black people. Also, we don't understand the tax code. Hmm. The tax code is built for landowners and business owners. It's not built for employees. 
So if you need a business, I don't care if you join Mary Kay, you need a business, you're making six figures, you're the rich people, you talk about let's tax the rich, AOC, rich people ain't going to get taxed, okay? Because they, they understand the code, they ain't doing nothing wrong. People, I, I post this thing just to pick with people. Oh, you know, when Trump only owed $750 in taxes. So somebody said to me, I just posted just to piss people off to see what they would say, because y'all get too caught up emotionally in all this stuff that don't mean anything. And I said, well, I said, what's the lesson there? Because, oh, he's cheating. He's doing this and that. That ain't the lesson. So you got to think deeper in that. I said, you know, because here's the question you should be asking is, how do I do that? Right. Right. Because if you had a job and you, you, you know, you started a network marketing business on the side or you bought a rental property and all of a sudden you put we buy houses on your pickup or on your truck. How are you different to him? You're at a smaller level, but your truck is his plane with Trump on the side. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so you're not in position to take advantage of that kind of stuff. So this is the kind of stuff that I want people to understand, if that makes sense. So I feel like I'm talking too much. Ask me a question. No, no, no. I, I want to jump on that AOC okay. point and also want to learn uh, exactly how business owners uh, can work with you. But mm-hmm. let's get back on this AOC point for a second. So she was saying on her dress, tax the rich. And I'm thinking in my mind, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this. I'm thinking in my mind, well, we wouldn't have to tax anybody if we would actually, if we plan and allocate it as a country where the money was going better and we we were better at utilizing the funds that we already were taxing people on before, if we weren't in the middle of a 20 year war with Afghanistan, if we weren't, you know, because uh, I think they said the Defense Department receives the biggest budget, if we weren't putting so much money into wars and fighting everyone, we wouldn't have to always have to tax people more and more and more in order to pay, uh, you know, pay, pay down a debt or pay for other things. And I'm wondering, well, aren't you, you know, one of those decision makers that would allow us to, uh, you know, shift the, the entire fiscal code? So I'm wondering, what was your thoughts when, when she's wearing that dress and it's almost like the politicians aren't taking any type of responsibility whatsoever for, uh, I guess, the current economy that we have? Can I curse? No, just kidding. All yeah, right. so, can go ahead. <laughs> so it's bullshit. I mean, like, so here's the, so now it was a $30,000 ticket gala. Mm, I didn't even think about that part. Yeah. You got okay. a point. So where where you know you were bartender three years ago. Where the how what what? Right. All right. So let's start that now. And so she's an economics major. She doesn't understand economics. Okay. And because she's a, a socialist. Warren, what was her name? Margaret Thatcher said the problem with socialism is eventually you run out of other people's money to spend. Mm. Okay. Gotcha. So Tax the rich, there is not, a, that's just a thing because you want to create diverse division. It's like class warfare. So it's like back in the day, light-skinned blacks against the dark-skinned blacks, the old against the young. It's the same thing. It's the will of lynch. Yeah. All mm-hmm. right? Because people don't understand economics. See, you want, because I don't, the government's not there. The only three legitimate, I'll probably get in trouble, use of government as per the Constitution is, is provide for the public defense, enforce the rule of law, and protect private property. 
Okay. Right. So before tax were voted in, they were voted down about 15 years before that. It's not constitutional to have a direct tax on the populace. You know, Revolutionary War was fought over like a less than a 1% tax. See, study your history. All right. But here's the other, but beyond that, there ain't enough rich people to tax. That's not going to do anything. That's just, see, because you're looking at this stimulus bill and this, this infrastructure, most of it ain't about infrastructure. He's trying to run through all these programs. We're still paying for the new deal. Most of the budget, the taxation budget goes to social security, to Medicare, to, to pay for bad decisions that were made 50 years ago, 60 years ago, 70, you were still paying for that. So now you're going to, and we're paying for Bush drug program. So plus the wars and all the other stuff. So, you know, it's, it's hard, but they don't, she don't understand that. It's like, oh, let's tax the rich. She has an ideology that, uh, but the reality of it is when you look at the code, Let's say we want to raise capital gains tax. Okay. So if you're a flipper, if you're they're going after Bitcoin, if you're a uh, trader, like trading stocks or flipping houses or wholesaling, that hurts you. Because you're when you're buying low, selling high, you're investing for capital gains. So you have to understand tax law. Because uh-huh. your number one wealth transfer is taxes. So I so listen. <laughs> Render on the Caesar what is Caesar's. Pay your taxes, but you don't have to leave them a tip. But you need wealthy people. Everything they do is to mitigate current and future taxation. So I was having, uh, I was at a conference with, um, and Tom Wilwright was there. So that's, he's a book called Tax Free Wealth. That's Robert Kiyosaki's CPA. He says the tax code is a stimulus program. So it's a series of incentives. And so what does the government want done? So they're putting, this you know a carrot to help them get done what they want done and so what do they want they want jobs so there's a you know you have the the charges a role oh we need jobs where the hell you think jobs come from okay it comes from entrepreneurs putting their money at risk building businesses and they need to hire people okay aoc is like well you know uh, amazon's not paying any taxes all right but you, all these executives that were paying salary at $100,000 a year, they're paying taxes. They're paying property taxes. They're paying, you know, and all of a sudden you've got all these businesses that these people, the Starbucks, their neighborhoods that you're buying that are flourishing because you brought all these people and gave them good jobs. But only thing you can see <laughs> is Bezos is not paying taxes. See, that's a very narrow view. That tells me you just basically have a lack of understanding of money and economics, okay? And you just have this ideology you're trying to promote, okay? And see, too many of our people get sucked into that nonsense, okay? Because we're, you know, we've got Marxist college professors. Don't get me started with that. But the, um, so you got, <laughs> you know, and uh, so I'm gonna step with some toes, but listen, y'all have to, uh, I don't try to tell people what to think. I want you to think, okay? Yeah. Read some other stuff. Okay. Read economics right. in one lesson. Read success secrets of black millionaires. See, so while you're telling me black wealth is going to be gone, I look for examples of success I could follow. I don't care what everybody else is doing. Curtis is going to win. My family's yeah. going to win. My kids are going to win. My community is going to win. If you are in my, or if I touch you, I'm going to make sure you win because I'm going to teach you principles that help you become principles, not products. Products don't win for you. You know, 
it's it's what's your philosophy so principle which you know principles are fundamental truth that serves as foundations for your behavior to get what you want out of life those are principles right and so uh, most people i'll ask clients when i work with them well, what principles do you operate by i go well you know work hard pay your bills okay i like to work hard pay your bills but see they pay their bills first and then if they have any left over, then they say, well, see, now you're going to be broke for the rest of your life because your philosophy about money is wrong. You have to pay yourself first. That's the first rule of wealth is part of all your earnings yours to keep. This is from the richest man in Babylon, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Dennis Kimbrough talks about this and he's studying black people that were poor, that start out, they weren't rich. They didn't come, you know, they have most wealth is I'll ask our clients to say, listen, how do you think most people get their money? You know, how many people of, of the people in the forest, 400, whatever, uh, um, what's the word? They uh, inherit their wealth. And I'll get like 40, 50 percent. It's like 8 percent. Oh, first generation. Yeah. So now so then begs the question, well, how do they? get there so you have to start asking different questions they work they found they most of them are in business clue number one okay mm-hmm. uh they found some business that they really enjoyed that they could create value in the marketplace that they could make money you know they live within their means they saved money and they reinvested in their business like only i said well, it, the survey this is from the millionaire mind okay Mm-hmm. and uh uh he, he said well how many what percentage would you address your um financial success on your financial plan on your stockbroker <laughs> it was like 11 <laughs> percent or if you read a, a richest man in and uh the uh, um no the dennis kimbrough's book the uh, successes of black millionaires uh how did you become a millionaire uh 80 business ownership right 30 percent Real estate investing. Now, that's, I know that's 110, but that's in the book. Okay, so I'm just quoting yeah. the book. But see, so and it was funny when I met them. They, it was a, it was the black, uh, I forget what to call it, cohort of this big financial company. If I name it, you know it. That the black agents and advisors. You know what you do is you get the big black speaker, have them come out, put him out there, and bring out the middle income black folks. You know, middle upper middle income black folks and give them some food and have a book signing party and blah, blah, blah. But the, the ironic thing when I was sitting there going, you know, none of what he said, because I'd already had the book by then, the, the company that was teaching, who was sponsoring him, nothing that they do will help you get to where these people in the book are talking about because they're all mm-hmm. selling the accumulation theory. Right. See, so you got to, See, I go deeper. I think about stuff and I like to, uh, uh, you know, just see the hypocrisy in a lot of stuff. And so, like I said, I don't try to tell people what to think. I just try to get them to think, you know, look at history, history you know, success leaves clues. You know, are you studying successful people? What do they do? How do they think? How would they respond to this situation? So, you know, the AOC thing, it's just, it's like, all right, because now, now, because you ran the, uh, uh, Amazon away, y'all don't have nothing. <laughs> very true because see capital goes to where it's treated well so if you're going to disrespect me i'm going to you know 
I'm going to take my ball home and go play with somebody else. I'm not going to play there and let you just, you know, rich, you know, look at all the, all the nonsense in New York, you know, money is mobile. So they don't have to stay in New York. They're moving to Florida. Okay. Or they're moving to wherever. And so it's good that we have states because states need to be able to compete. You know, all these Mm -hmm. people moving out of California to Tennessee, to Texas, to, you know, to California, uh, to Nevada, because they want to go, now, the problem is you're still taking their California mindset with them, but that's, you know, they don't like the, the, the oppression, but that's the thing. I think that we sometimes don't understand freedom, personal responsibility, liberty. We've gotten, you know, we don't understand uh, there's no security. It's only opportunity, right? Oh. And so security is the ability to produce. So, oh, I'm going to lose my job. Well, and everybody don't need to be in business, but you, you should, you've got to work to be a, a little bit more of an entrepreneur thinker. Right. You can, right. You so can you're nimble. And have equity you're, in a company and let somebody else operate it. Yeah. It's all kinds yeah. of stuff. There, I had a guy on, we were talking about buying businesses and I was thinking, wow, he was describing, there's a book called the, what, why should white guys have all the fun? Right. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I couldn't, mm-hmm. Reginald Lewis, but I couldn't think of his name, but when he was telling me what he was doing. I was like, this sounds just like that book. And this is around the summer when the riots are going on. So y'all mm. are upset. Y'all need to learn how to do this shit over here. You know, I mean, it's yeah. like I was, I was telling some, you know, not on the air, but I was just telling people that. I was like, you know, there's, I was thinking that and I was just told, I have a little masterminds I do. So we talk, we go there with, with a lot of uh, 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 stuff because I ain't afraid to talk about it. You know, we, we can go there because you got, I want you to win, yeah. right? And you ain't going to win with the wrong thinking. And uh, so hopefully I'm, I'm either annoying some people listen to this and some people are like, oh, okay, he's kind of crazy, but I think I want to no, hear more. This should be a huge, <laughs> it should be a huge wake up call uh, to a lot of people. Similar to what you're saying is when uh, the George Floyd and the riots and the, uh, uh, the protests were happening, I was noticing uh, at the same time Clubhouse was about to pop off or was popping off. And you would see these rooms where it would have thousands and thousands of people and they're talking about, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? You know, the world is falling apart. They need to respect us. And then you would have these rooms with about 15, 20 people in them. And they're talking about it's time to acquire uh, businesses. Um, You know, with the downturn of the market, now's a perfect time to get in and, you know, acquire this real estate or this business. Uh, while it's distressed and it always always baffles my mind when there's these huge numbers and I guess it makes sense once you start really thinking so it goes about back it. to the behavior gap so you're just right exactly. it goes right back to the behavior gap exactly right? and so I'm looking at it I'm like well I got a choice to make right as a as a user of the app mm-hmm. do I go into this room where it's 5,000 and we complain it or do I go into this room where it's five people and we got the solution and so you you'll find me in a lot more smaller rooms more intimate where we have a real dialogue similar similar to this conversation and i've been okay with i had to get okay with the crowd usually going to go in the wrong way right that's my basic philosophy the majority is usually wrong exactly Okay. And so you can't go. That's why there's the 99% and the 1% because you're, if you think like the majority, you're in the 1% and the 1% are broke. Okay. Mm. 1% 
uh, are following the accumulation theory. So oh, I'm going to get a million dollars in my 401k. Okay, well, I, I, I was going over somebody said, well, let's say you could get 4% on that money. You start trying to work for 35 years to live off this money. That's 40,000. I said, you make 80. Okay. Uh-huh. Now you're, I, this person was 45. So in 20 years, what would a million dollars buy with inflation? Not what it buys today. Uh-huh. Right. So now you're deferred your life, deferred taxes and put it in a market that you can't control. And you hope the stock market goes up. I mean, hope ain't a good strategy. I mean, so that's kind of, <laughs> you know what I mean? That ain't a strategy. Okay. And uh, so when I talk about, you know, principles-based planning is what we do. It's what are principles that, that you know, so, because it's not about product. So what we teach is principles drive strategy and strategy drives tactics, right? Tactics are products that you buy, right? And so, you know, clubhouse, I find a lot of tactics, maybe some strategy, because there's a lot, it's like the wild, wild western. I'll, I'll be in some financial uh-huh. services rooms. I can't even stay on there for like 10 minutes because so much bad advice. I feel like I'm uh-huh. the, the, the vocabulary cop or the, you know, the word police because I, they're just misrepresenting so much stuff. You know, people, uh-huh. I do something called infinite banking. It's so bad. People on there, they don't even know what the hell they're talking about, but promoting right. it and you're new, you don't know that, you know, and they're telling all these unrealistic things, right? And so when we talk mm-hmm. about principles, so I'll give you five real fast. So I teach two things. I teach the five principles of personal finance, okay. save 15% or more of your gross income. Now, let me define savings, safe, liquid. You can use it. You have control and it's guaranteed. Okay. So now, so now, is based upon that definition is your 401k saving no no it's not okay. liquid it's not liquid and damn sure ain't guaranteed okay so you see what i mean some, so would, we, some would argue that you have no true control over it you don't because you have to ask you have to ask you have to ask to for it. it you can't control whether markets go up or down exactly so when I talk about, so people say, oh, Curtis, what should I invest in? I not my job to tell you what to invest in. Investing is not about buying something. It's about becoming something. Mm. Say that again, please. Investing is not about buying something. It's about becoming something. So mm. let me hit the three rules of investing real quick. This is, I said that. Invest in yourself. Okay. Invest in becoming, knowing how to do something. If it's real estate, you gotta learn, you gotta, you're gonna pay some money, you're gonna read some books, you've gotta learn how to become something. Even if it's trading or Bitcoin, I got clients that make money with Bitcoin, but they've even studied it for the last three, four years. They're not just putting it in there for fear of missing out, hoping it goes up. This is what people do. Oh, I got some money here, but they don't have no idea how it works. You're mm-hmm. gambling, okay? You're speculating, right? And see, so, and what is it? Benjamin Graham, you ever heard of Benjamin Graham? Yes, I've I've heard that name before. You heard of Warren Buffett? Yes. That's his teacher, Ben Graham. So both Buffett and Charlie Munger were, I hate the word, use the word disciples, but they were (laughs) students of Benjamin Graham, Graham Value Investing. So in his book, The Intelligent Investor, this is why I always start out when I talk to clients so we can make sure we're talking about the same thing. An investment operation is one which upon thorough analysis, who does that, okay, promises safety of principle an adequate return, okay? Op- safety of principle. That means you put in 10 grand, 20 grand, 50 grand. That's your principle. 
your principal is safe. You supposed to, you know, that's not at risk, okay? And you operations not meeting these requirements are speculative. Mm-hmm. Think about that. So what are most people doing? They're speculating, but their language has been changed. They think they're saving. Mm. 401k has only been around since 1979, but that's all people, people, what do people do before that? Right. Okay. Most people didn't invest in the stock market. That's new. Okay. And, uh, and so anyway, let me stay on that. So invest yourself, invest in what you can control, what you can influence the outcome of. That's the second rule. Okay. So invest in you becoming an expert. The second rule of the three rules of investing is invest in something that you can control can you influence the outcome does it bring you cash flow can you improve this property so that it goes up in value can you you know buy a business or start a business because you see a a opportunity in the marketplace for you to you know build a better mousetrap that's stuff that you can control okay if you're not getting enough customers then you i i was having a problem my income would go up and down i said all right you know i'm i'm sick of this I started to realize what business I was in as a financial advisor. I'm really in the marketing business. So I've got to make sure that I can serve people, but then I got to work at letting people know that I can help them. Right. And so once mm-hmm. I realize, I don't care if you pass over church, you are in the marketing business. Okay. And so a lot of businesses don't get that and they don't like sales. Selling is helping people. This is this. So Oh, I, I was I was doing a talk for scores, like 300 business owners there, right? So I'm doing this talk I do called the, um, what talk was that? The uh, Seven Steps to More Sales and Profits, right? So it was like a marketing talk. And um, uh, I asked, how many of y'all like selling? Business owners now, 300. Mm. Less than, I want 20 hands went up. Mm. I was like, I was shocked. I'm looking at the audience going, are you kidding me? I said, look around. I says, what the hell business do you think you're in? You don't like selling, okay? Now, let me give you a better definition of selling. This is from Dan Sullivan. So Curtis has no original thoughts. Let's just put that out there. (laughs) So I read a lot. And I try to learn from stuff that's already nothing new under the sun, right? And Mm -hmm. so uh, he says, selling is helping people make a future decision that is good for them. Hmm. Okay, and then through education, helping them intellectually justify what they're doing. So it's more educational based. So another problem is with our community, we don't like sales. Oh, I'm not a good talker. Oh, I don't, you know, I don't want to be, I can't, you know, if they don't want to do it, I don't, you know, I'm not going to talk them into stuff. Sales is not talk about talking people into stuff. Most of the time, I'm disqualifying people, okay? And I don't make any outbound calls. All right. And so, and then, you know, there's some tubes you got to do to get to me. You get some books you got to read because if you were in love with Dave Ramsey, I, you know, I don't have the energy to, <laughs> you know, don't call me. I'm telling you, don't call me or do some homework and understand. All right. I think I want to be financially free in 10 years or less. Now we're talking because see, once you decide right. that, now you got to look at different vehicles that throw off cash flow instead of hoping the market goes up. That you're investing for capital gains. I want you to learn to invest for cash flow. And the third rule is don't chase returns. Oh, I like that one. What do you mean by that? Everybody's chasing returns. So if you're mutual fund people, we used to call it when I used to be a registered rep, 
And we used to call it rear view mirror investing. So most people look at Money Magazine and it's all oh, this funded 40% last year. Here are the top 100 funds and blah, blah, blah. That was last year. So now they move all their money out of whatever they're in into this thing. They're, it's yeah. like a dog chaser chill. We call it rear view mirror investing. So even if the, mar- if the fund is up, you're losing money because when you see these ROR, that was last year. And that has nothing to do with this year because when they tell mm-hmm. you the perspectives, your past performance is no guarantee of future performance. Now, I'm not saying not do it, but you've got to learn how it works. Right? And, uh, and then again, you're retail. So they're teach you to buy and hold, but they don't buy and hold. Right? What do they do? They focus on velocity. They focus on cash flow. They focus on leverage. But you're not taught to do that. And you can do that. Those strategies work in personal finance. That's what we teach people, right? And so, but it starts with working, earning, saving, principle one. Principle two is maximum protection. I won't go too deep in this, but it's five of them. So maximum protection is what I call playing defense. So that's insurances. That's um, asset protection. That's wills and trusts. That's, um, you know, proper homeowners having, you know, umbrella coverage have, you know, and so we go through every area of, of what we call, you got to play defense because you're trying, while you're everybody's hyped out and I want to invest, I want to learn how to flip out. Investing is literally last, the thing you should be worrying about. You don't mm-hmm. save. You could, what, what if you died? What if you got sued? What if you got injured? What if you, you know, you had a fire, you were in an accident, you have, you're, you're exposed. So even if you saved up some money, you're sued, you get hurt. Now you got to live off that money. And now you've liquidated the saving little savings you did have because you are skipping steps. See, most people are there successful. When we walk them through our, we have a process called our personal financial snapshot and we break that down for people, right? We, I want you to leave a legacy of wealth and wisdom. So principle three is full replacement of assets at death, right? But not just money the wisdom to go with that money. I've had people, you know, one of my primary areas is, 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 is life insurance, right? And I've had people get, you know, I've seen people get half a million dollars with no instruction, young people, even old people, mm-hmm. I, you know, and the money's gone in 18 months, mm-hmm. half a million dollars. So fooling their money and soon parted, you know, they go buy houses, cash, they go buy big cars. They're just running through money. And, um, and everybody's trying to sell you. So everybody come at you with all these brilliant ideas. Well, where's your money? Then you do it. I have people, you know, I've paid death claims and I said, listen, you ain't rich. Okay. So everybody's going to come at you to hit you up. And, you know, I got this great idea or, you know, if it's a female, all these guys are going to come out, you know, sniffing because now you are a good target. You've got money and, you know, I have three daughters. I'm very sensitive to that. Right. <laughs> I can't mm-hmm. stand that. And, um, uh, but, you know, so that kind of stuff. So you got to, there's got to be instruction. That's why I, I want you to understand how money works so that you can keep it. That's so principle three is full replacement of assets at death. Principle four is liquidity. Okay. I want six to 12 months of cash. Now, not cash, cash, you know, but cash, you're safe, liquid, you can use it, you got control. And then we teach mm-hmm. a special strategy called the your private banking system as a as where we store the cash. Okay, that's that's right, a, that's right. a separate thing. But to see, but that's second. See, people hear about infinite banking. I was just calling somebody, called me about that. Said, listen, that's second. Okay, you got to get your 
stuff together, okay? Because if you're not saving money, you don't have no money to save, and that's where the money goes to fund the policies, right? right. And um, uh, and so it's it's liquid. Because see, here's the thing: most people should are shouldn't be investing. You need to be capitalizing, right? Mm. Because you see, it's a difference. Because investing mm-hmm. means send your money away. You need to be capitalizing. See, if we have money, I was reading this book called what, How the Other Half Banks, right? And so we think, oh, we got to get a black bank. Black bank, black, white bank, they mm-hmm. still are in business to make money off. You know, a black bank is not going to make you rich because banking is, that's not what banking decide to do. That's why I teach people you got to self-bank, okay? And, um, and, and be your own banker because 35 yeah. cents of every dollar you make leaves your personal economy in the form of debt to others. So while you're trying to run after investments, stop giving your money away. Right. Right? So- you can, if you, if it's like a bucket, if you've got holes in it, if you plug the holes, the bucket will fill up with water. So while you're chasing investments, what we teach is you need to become more efficient, right? And stop losing money, stop transferring money, stop paying too many fees, stop, you know, not understanding how insurance things work. So you got to go through that and, and, you know, protect, stop overpaying your taxes. Oh, I'm getting a refund, right? Oh, I got a ten a $5,000 refund. That means you overpaid your taxes by $5,000. That's not a good thing. That mm-hmm. means your W-4s filled out wrong. <laughs> okay. So these are things that we go over with in great detail, people, right? And then the fifth is the velocity of money, the velocity method. Right. So going back to what are two types of money accumulation and velocity, velocity mm-hmm. means so while we look at net worth and debt and, you know, we have a little one game plan where we talk about that. But what I'm trying to emphasize is your liquidity, because see, if you have money, opportunities will find you. That's why you need to capitalize. You don't even have to go looking. See, if you don't have any money, you got to do two hundred dollars a month in a Roth IRA. You're doing all this bullshit, you know, yeah. over time. You know, what I mean, you, you, you can't you know, you have to get you have to. Most great investments are illiquid. And so you can't, you got to be able to leave it alone for three, four, five, six months. It's, it's going to grow a throw off cash flow. And a lot of them, you can't even get it. The really good stuff for 50 or $100,000 gets to be a mm-hmm. credit, right? So you need to build a business. So your fastest path to cash for most people, the best way to jumpstart velocity is to start like a side hustle. You need a side hustle. You got to learn how to make money. You got to make new money. So you can save it, pay yourself first, in addition to your job money. It's not time to go shopping. You need to save it. And so now you, if you buy rental property, you need to save those profits. So we call it the magic of compound saving, not interest, mm-hmm. right? And then velocity is focused on buying or building assets that just throw off cash flow, okay? And the goal is financial freedom, passive income greater than your expenses. So those are the principles that we talk about. Now you notice I haven't mentioned any products. I haven't mentioned mutual funds. I ain't mentioned insurance. I, it, you know, even though I do, you know, it's insurance lots. Some of what I said is insurance strategy, but right now it doesn't matter until what's your goal. What are you trying to get accomplished? What, you know what I mean? It's how you think, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Now, once we got the principles down, now let's look at some strategies and then, then we can look at some tactics. Tactics are products that you buy that fit the principles and the strategy. So products you buy are literally last. Most people lead with products. Most people in the financial world lead. They have their product du jour. This is what we're selling. You need this annuity. You need this 
super duper life insurance. There ain't no success in a product. There's no product. I don't care who told you what, even if it's me, which you won't ever hear from me. There ain't no product that will take you to glory financially. Mm. It's too many moving parts in the economy that, you know, you got the government, you've got the depreciation of the dollar, you've got taxation, you've got, you know, it's all of these things that are, that are, you know, that are, that you are not influenced, that influence the performance of the product. So it's really, you got to invest in this. So you know how to, I always tell people, if you see me, I, I played basketball, right? So if I, I had this video on somewhere on YouTube where I was like, I got into like a defensive stance. I was playing ball. I said, I was a good thing. So I'm like, you know, so, you know, you got to have your knees bent, hands up. And so if, if they move, you got to be able to, you look at the person's waist, you got to step, right? Mm-hmm. To, and, but you're, you can't be standing straight up. You got to have your knees bent so that you can react to what the defense is doing. Most people are standing straight up daydreaming. And then by the time the opportunity gets you, they're already beat you and took you to the basket or beat you mm-hmm. and got behind you for the touchdown, right? Because you were lunching. And so I'm from Philly. They say lunch in other places. Right? So, <laughs> I've and, heard uh, it once or twice. Okay. So the so you have to be ready. So now if something happens, you're in a position to, A, protect yourself, protect your yeah. personal kind, protect your family, protect your stuff. And then, uh, and then what happens every now and then, you're going to go down for a layup. And get, you know, and get a steal and go down for a layup. So that's you being prepared. See, not, success is when knowledge meets with preparation, mm-hmm. right? And so if you're in that little room and you're reading a book a month on money, really two books a month on money, and you're saving money. I had a guy, I'll tell you a quick success story. I have a young, I started this guy at, uh, I met him, he's like 24, he's referred to me. So he was like, didn't know what he wants to do. He's working at Bank of America. He he didn't like it. And I, I said, well, you know, you need to save. So I taught him the banking strategy, you know, with, with you know, using properly structured dividend paying whole life as a place for cash. So I, we, so I set him up. He was saving probably about 15% of his, 10, 15% of his income. So he was trying stuff, mobile bartending business. He did network marketing. He tried to sell final expense insurance. He was just all over the place. Then, you know, but I had him saving like three or four years. He was trying different hustle. Then calls me and goes, Curtis, I just bought an ATM machine. Mm. So what? <laughs> mm. I didn't know you could buy an ATM machine. Right. So he's keeping me posted. Like, then he had three. Then he had six. And so in about a year, maybe a year and a half most, he had like eight of them. Mm. Okay. And they were starting to throw off five to $600 a month per machine. The machines only cost two grand. Mm. Okay. Not too bad. So... Okay, that was thing one. So he, where'd that money come from? The money I'd had him saving. Mm-hmm. Okay, he bought a course from this woman. I interviewed her on my show, Carrie Buck. That was called ATM Blueprint. And um, uh, he bought that. He did what she said. And uh, he started doing it. Then he's like, oh, I want to do real estate now. So he started doing real estate. Well, then he, he found a sub market called note investing. So all of a sudden, I've heard of it. He's, yeah. he's, he's going to, oh, I'm going to Texas, I'm going to his note conference. I'm doing here. I got this minute. Blah, 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 blah. Next mm-hmm. thing I know, he's, he's bought, he, he used the savings. He bought his first note. Then he learned how to raise capital. So this guy's what, 30, 31, he's making $20,000 a month off a note, just off the note business, not mm-hmm. counting his ATM business. Chilling. Working, you know, raising capital, and he's just gotten better. I remember I took him to this conference with me, and 
we messed around and after I, you know, it was Bill Walsh, it was called Rainmaker. He went to that and six months later, he comes out with his own book. Okay. Mm-hmm. Profit like a bank. Chris, Chris, uh, what's Chris last name? Chris Sampson, right? Check out Profit okay. Like a Bank. And okay. so, so I'll promote my clients. I want them to. <laughs> I appreciate so, that. I appreciate that. But, you know, that kind of stuff. See, now, what did Curtis have to do with that? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I mean, other than you know, I got him saving and, you know, try to get him, you know, thinking about personal development. But he did that because he invested in himself. And then when the opportunity presented himself, he was looking, he could understand it. He knew the difference between an asset and a liability. Mm-hmm. And he had the capital because he had been, I had him capitalizing for three, four, five years. That's what I'm talking about. See, so now if that sounds scary to you, that's all right. You can learn how to do it. Rome wasn't built in a day, but that's when you study success. They, if you, you know, they all do that in some, whatever mm-hmm. asset class. You know, there's people talk about investing. What well, is four asset classes? Business, real estate, paper assets, and commodities, right? So let's mm-hmm. just take the first three, business, real estate, paper. So there's a lot of ways to just franchising. It's network, I, like, I like network marketing. You can learn how to do it right. You can do, I do, I have a woman that, that, that uh, I'm starting to work with. She's making, she went from making $300 a month and she showed me her progression of her bank statement. She made $300 in February. Now she's making $7,000 doing something on Amazon influencer. Okay. See guys, the world is full of people, ideas, and money. Yeah. Now I'm just making sure she keep it. See, your job is to make it. Curtis going to help you keep it. It's like, you got three skills of money. You got to make it, keep it, grow. It. Right. I actually work on to make it with people too, because I challenge them to think, and I'm really into marketing. So I actually probably could be a marketing consultant if I, if I wanted to, because <laughs> I, only because I had to solve my own problem. So I find that, yeah. that uh, and people pay me to help them solve their problem. Well, you should do this, yeah. this, and this. Well, will you do it for me? Hmm, not for free. I don't have time for that. But that's, right. that's where I've, uh, you know, so now I'm working on some courses with that, because I, I didn't go to school for it, but I've make money. And I do this stuff. So all I'm doing is showing you what I've learned, what I've been applying to my business and business to business it doesn't matter what industry you're in. Curtis, so I feel man, like we're all over the place, but <laughs> no, this is, I'll be honest with you, man, this is a breath of fresh air. All the books that you've mentioned, uh how the other i have banks i forget her name but i saw that author on uh on uh, urban view on sirius xm um every book you mentioned i have come across and so everything you're saying i know it's it's that's uh, why i throw books out level. see you know what i mean because yeah. you can i want you to to you know you lead, read what is it leaders or readers yeah right and now you don't like reading, get over it, but you can cheat and use Audible. Okay, but get over it. I, you know, I do cheat a little bit. I right. use but Audible is not cheating. See, so do Audible. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, you, could, you could do that while you, and I tell people all the time when they say they don't have time to, to read, I'm like, but well, you can just throw the Audible on uh, while you're cooking or washing dishes or taking a walk. Like you can do two things at once. And then next thing you know, you've got five chapters done. Right. And, and what's happening is you're working on your mindset, your skill set, your network. And all of a sudden, because you've got all this stuff, your daily decisions are getting better. Exactly. 
I was just talking to one of my clients. He's like, he's a bus driver. So he's been binge listening to my show. <laughs> so awesome. he went back to episode one, right? And so now he's like, and so we, we teach something you want to save from your gross income. And we wanted to, so you want to cheat code, set up a separate account. We call it a wealth coordination account and just start paying yourself first. Right. So okay. he started doing that. So when I met him, I don't know, I can't save $50 a month. And he started looking at his stuff. We were looking at it and he was like, all right, well, I got money going into this and I can't touch it. And he had one of those things where he was giving somebody started like $4 and $8 and you know, so it's like he's up to $200 a week with that. So he gets paid weekly. So now he's saving $250 a week. I've been working with him for about 60 days. He's taking $250. He's excited. And he hears me. He's like, oh, every time I want to go into it, I courtesy can't liquidate, you know. And so it's, it's he's finding other ways to deal with money so he can keep capitalizing so he can begin to do other stuff. So you're not saving just to be saving. Your first 90 days is your emergency fund. Mm-hmm. and everything after that your opportunity fund so you should see yourself like a little hedge fund looking for side hustles looking for things to make money because you have to practice you've got to even if it's network market you got to learn how to sell you got to learn how to talk to people you got to learn how to you know uh, manage cash flow so you can start you know something for a couple hundred dollars and practice being in business mm-hmm. you know pay somebody yeah. to teach you how to do shopify i mean you know it's because that money now may help you make the down, get the down payment for the triplex or the apartment bill you want to buy, right? Exactly. So it's not one thing. It's like a bunch of stuff, but you got to grow. It's all growing and you got to work and you can't, because you can only read about stuff so long. You got to try stuff. You can't read a book about swimming. You got to get in the water. You know, activity produces knowledge. Knowledge does not produce activity. So you have to go from learn knowledge to activity knowledge that's the so a lot of times when i work with people i try to get them to you know activity knowledge now you're getting the real skills i train advisors in the in the, in the principle-based planning thing i teach it's like listen y'all can read the book or you can be on my training calls but you got to go put get your ass to work you got to you know because it's a saying i'll tell people the mess of the cleanliness of theory is no match for the mess that is reality hmm. Right. And so you have yeah. all these intellectuals going back to the AOCs of the world. They have all this theory. Right. right. But they don't. They don't suffer from the consequences. Thomas Sowell said, you know, politicians have. Uh, two problems. They only see you when they want to get elected or get reelected. That's when you see them. Right. And so yeah. those are the two problems they have you solved. And we let people get away with that. But I also expect you. We expect too much. What are you going to do for me? They ain't supposed to do none for you. Especially not federal, it's local. So we need to get more. I was listening to a podcast saying we need to get more involved in local, but I need to make sure that they think right, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, we're looking for people to give us stuff and we need to teach. So the third knowledge is teaching knowledge. So I challenge people, like we do masterminds. If you read The Richest Man in Babylon, you know, he taught uh, 10 so that they could go teach 100. So the 100 exactly. could, you know, see. And so, it, so if you build a community, from the bottom up, not from the top down. Exactly. One family at a time, learning how to think right, learning how to be good stewards of the money, learning how to buy life insurance so you don't die and do a damn GoFundMe because that's mm-hmm. the best way to create generational wealth. Yep. Tax-free, okay? And uh, 
Oh, don't get me started with that. So <laughs> that's the foundation of your empire is insurance. Okay. All rich yep. people, no rich person invests without insurance on anything. Okay. And so you think it's a, oh, I can't do that. I want to invest. I don't need to do insurance. There's a whole financial advisors. They don't even deal with insurance. They just want wealth management. They just want to, to, to invest your money. They don't even do insurance. I'm looking at friends. I'm like, how can you do that? They're going to die. Mm-hmm. Okay. And right. so you got all their money in qualified plans. And they could lose over 50% of it, like your wife will get most of it. But when it goes to your kids, when the spouse passed away, you could lose half of it to taxes. So you're mm-hmm. not having, so people talk about bottom investor difference. That's a fundamental lack of knowledge about estate planning and taxation, that kind of stuff. And so, you know, like I said, you see it's harder when you game, you don't know the rules, right? Yeah. And so, so I, so the third thing is teaching knowledge. So are you playing cash flow with your kids? Are you Playing Monopoly with your kids. I always realized I was playing with my, she was eight or nine at the time, and she wanted to play Monopoly. I said, I didn't feel like playing. But then I says, you know what? I'm the bank. I made her understand rents. I made her, all right, here is $500. The thing you want is $200. What's your change, right? And I realized I was making her learn how to count money. Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't care about algebra and all that stuff. Curtis can add, subtract, and multiply and divide money. <laughs> You know, and ratios, you know, debt to income ratio, cash on cash mm-hmm. return. That's the language of money. That's what you got to learn how to do. Nobody cares about your GPA once you get out of school. You know, the banker don't care what your GPA is. He wants to see your financial statements. And we don't know how to read that stuff. We don't know how to negotiate. We don't know how to negotiate our salary. Let's say you're in corporate America. What's your worth? to the marketplace, right? And how do you go in and let the employer know and negotiate better pay? Oh, you know, you're right. You're all right. that stuff, right? It's a lot. It's so, it's, it's a big conversation. We so, can, you know, I, got, I can go a lot of places. You got to bring me back. We'll talk some more. Oh, we, we definitely will. Well, I, I plan on catching up with you on Clubhouse and being part of these mastermind groups. Um, this isn't the first time or the last time that you and I I uh, will be. Uh, I'm going to do a clubhouse topics. around this. I've started the practical wealth room. I just haven't had time. I've been so busy. I haven't had time to launch it. So I'll probably, I'm going to do it in earnest at least once or twice a week. Sure. When I get back from vacation, you know, so I'm going to vacation next week. As you record okay. this, I'm going on vacation. When I get back, it's like, all right, what's my mark? You know, what's, what, what do I want to get out there? Because I, it's, it's, we got, I want to create a million economically independent black people black and brown people is my big hairy audacious goal right so i can't do it by myself i might be able to see 150 people a year but it's all of us you know that are out there you know teaching self-determination teaching principles of prosperity teaching uh, uh how money works how to think you know stop looking for other people stop buying into victimology yeah no You're not a victim I agree. So how do people, uh, once they hear this episode, how do people reach out to you? And well, so one, if you make sure you like me, once you listen to the Practical Wealth Show. <laughs> so I, uh, you know, most of the time it's wealth, it's kind of the theme of my show is wealth outside of Wall Street. So I'm, a lot of times, Curtis, you know, every now I go on a Curtis rant, I just got to do more solo Curtis rants, but I've been interviewing people to show you things that you can do outside of just maxing out mutual funds. Okay. Right. How money works, that kind of, how to be your own banker, that kind of stuff. So go to the practical wealth show. Or however you listen, iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts, if you search, it, it'll come up 
in, in Google. Um, you can go to follow me on Instagram, you know, and, and uh, I'm on there. I'm starting to do more lives on there. We also have a YouTube channel. So on YouTube, because Clubhouse or uh, uh, some of those things are more audio based, even the podcast. So I do a lot of like screen shares where I'm teaching little lessons and webinars mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff that we put up on YouTube. So I try to go deeper in in uh, in certain areas or questions that people ask me where I, where we talk about it. Um, and then I'll tell you another way. So if you like this type of thing, so I have a report. Let me find the thing that if you don't mind. If y'all, so we're really talking about principle four, which is um, liquidity. Mm-hmm. So I have a, a, a report called the value of liquidity, where we okay. combine, you know, that and, you know, if you have liquidity, what opportunities does that give you? Okay. Mm-hmm. So I talk about capitalizing. And so if they'll text be the bank, B-E-T-H-E-B-A-N-K to five five four 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 so the keyword is be the bank and is and you know in your message you just put five five four 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 it's going to ask you for your first name it'll get your email then we'll send you that report we may follow okay. up and and see if you liked it and you know if the, the third way you can touch me if you like this you can like get a little get to know us a little bit and uh, you can always go to either in the show notes of my show or go to go to, to our website, practicalwealthadvisor.com. And uh, let's have a conversation. So we have a button there. It's called Apply to Work with Curtis. And we'll, we'll give you a, a complimentary consultation and no obligation, but we'll get to know you and you'll get to know us and see if, because what I do is I'm not just talking about this. This is what we do. Okay. Right. This is what we implement for people. So, you know, I want you to go from hearing stuff you hear stuff I have people listen to podcasts all day long and don't do anything so i'm going to take it off of the airways and you're going to have a game plan you know i have a, I have a game plan where i teach you how to manage cash flow you're going to leave with a cash flow map so you know you know i don't this is a whole other talk but i don't like budgeting right budgeting is looking at history so we say tell your money where to go instead of asking where it went <laughs> okay I agree. so i agree you know what i mean so in one of the emails if you want to hear more about that just you know, send me a reply. What about that cash flow map curves you're talking about? And I'll, that's a separate thing. I haven't kind of set the marking up for that, that, but that's something that we're working with our clients on. So those are three ways. I got the show, text this, and I'd love to, I'm big on education. So do some reading, right? And then, uh, and then do some watching, do some learning. And we try to put a lot of information out there so you can kind of, you know, consume the content different ways and just, you know, work into a, a, a different way of thinking about money about success, about your family. I'm really learn, excited. Learn to set a better sale. <laughs> right. I'm really excited that we had the opportunity to connect. I, I look forward to sharing uh, your podcast. You know, we have a, a weekly playlist where we highlight some of the music and podcasts that we think uh, people should be paying attention to. Uh, I look forward to sharing uh, your content on our social media channels and staying connected. And hopefully you and I can host some rooms together on Clubhouse for I can sure. At least be in there and listen in. Um, Both. I'm I'm really excited that we connected. I'm not just saying that. This is me too. Uh, I, I, listen, I want I you know I'm I'm so because I want this is like I want to like keep it real and like talk to the folks you know about exactly. what's what's really going because I don't think they hear this. They hear you're a victim, you can't win, and blah blah blah. And I'm here to tell you that's not true. 
Well, uh, here's what I've noticed. I don't believe it's true. And, <laughs> and uh, we can, I guess we can end, end here. Yeah, yeah. But here's something I noticed, right? It's uh, good is the enemy of great. And so what I noticed is something you said earlier in this episode is people lead with product. So they'll, they'll come in and, and they'll notice that everybody needs help. You know, these 500 people in the room need help. Okay, here's the product. Matter of fact, I was at a seminar yesterday. And it was about apartment investing. And the moment we got in there, the first thing they said is, by the way, you're here to basically pay for the next thing that we're going to do. So this is free. But, you know, coming here, you're going to pay for the three-day course that's going to be uh, in a couple of weeks. And I said, this is very interesting. So I just um, started taking notes. And I was part of the, uh, the conversation. And it was, a, it was a really great conversation. But the whole time was a sales pitch. Yeah. It was about the product. It was about pushing someone to do something. It wasn't about the actual people where they were. And, uh, some, some of those people may not even be ready for, you know, those kind of conversations, but they were sending people to the back to go ahead and pay for the course and, and get everybody going. And I was just noticing that it wasn't really organic and it wasn't really about uh, helping people. It wasn't really about helping people. It was really about helping their pocketbooks. Yeah. And so uh, I'm all about, very similar to you, I'm all about let's get the people the information that they need. And then once you take care of them, they become lifelong friends. They're always going to want to, you know, uh, work with you and collaborate with you if you treat people right. Yeah. Uh, you shouldn't have to try to steal money from them at the very first five minutes of walking into a room. If you take care of people, they will be around you forever. And right. then one day they may take care of you because you take right. care of them. And so I want to thank you uh, for coming on and uh, having this conversation with us. And I really mean what I'm saying. I want to make sure that we stay connected and we uh, continue to share all the work that you're doing because you are, for me, it's revolutionary, the work that you're doing. And I want to make sure that we're thank a part you. of it. So thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. I love, you know, to get on somewhere and you let me let it rip. <laughs> speak by hey, man you can't hold back man when we're dealing with black equity we got to put it all on wax and let everybody say their piece yes um so thank you for joining us today and um i'll make sure on the show notes that everybody has access to everything that you mentioned to uh to today and uh, we'll be talking to you again very soon awesome thanks for having me guys go out there and take action go out there and make it prosperous and we'll see you on the other side we'll see you on the practical Wild show <laughs> Thank you, Curtis. Talk You're to you welcome. soon. All right. Thank you. I'd like to personally thank Curtis May for stopping by and having this conversation with us. I know Curtis believes that education has become an integral part of his work as a financial consultant. The work that he is doing is changing lives, and hopefully you'll be able to tap in and get in frequency with all the wealth of knowledge that Curtis has to offer. Thank you for listening to Black Equity Podcast, and we'll talk to you again soon.